Shuffalera, Cacti, Sansevieria, and more. Pothos, Zizis, and Fig Plants Galore. This is An Amateur and Her Plants. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the very first episode of An Amateur and Her Plants. The name is Eliza, and my idea for this podcast is for it to be a space where plant lovers can come together, share their knowledge, and just feel the love and joy that it comes from taking care of plants. Uh, No matter if you're a plant noob like me, or you're at that grandparent level of comfortability with plants, you know, like that sage level expertise, uh, you're always welcome. So if you're with me, sit back, get comfortable, maybe grab some tea, coffee, juice, water, milk, whatever, and let's do this thing. So before we uh, dig deep into today's topic, I just want to share a little bit about myself and my own journey with plants. First off, my name is Eliza, as you know from, you know, a few seconds ago, and I am currently a student at the University of Minnesota Duluth. I am an anthropology major with Hispanic studies and international studies minors, but that's just a little bit about me. Uh, And pretty much what this podcast I hope to be is just a place for me to get creative and also just to meet with other like-minded individuals who love plants and have a lot more knowledge about them than I do and just, you know, maybe create a community. I know there's already a community of plant lovers that's been going strong for a long time, but I just want to, you know, contribute to the community or maybe just open up a space too. Uh, so my experience with plants, I didn't realize this until this, uh, this last semester at the beginning uh, when I first entered into class, which I'll be talking about today, that my journey with plants really started You know, probably right when I was born, um, my grandpa, sorry, I have a few family members who are pretty involved in the plant world, Uh, my grandpa, my uncle, my grandma, and kind of my parents. Um, My grandpa is a corn and soybean farmer. He's been doing that for a long, long, long time. And then my uncle works for the forestry department in the home, in my home city, And uh, my parents, you know, they're very dedicated to that plant life. My dad has a tenaciously planned garden and my mom is just, you know, killing the game with those houseplants. And then my grandma, who just recently passed last January, she took care of her houseplants for many, many years. And I would come out and help, you know, water the plants whenever she couldn't get to it because she was a busy woman. She was a teacher for a good 30 six and a half years and she was pretty busy so whenever we come out there we'd water their plants inside and outside and just yeah we just help take care of them and I didn't realize how much of an impact that had on me until I got into this class that I'll be talking about like I mentioned and my recent love of plants just came as actually just was just born when I first started working at this flower shop um, called Felly's uh, Garden Center. Low plug there. Hi, Felly's. Um, but I started forming a love for plants because I was around them a lot at the end of my senior year in high school. And 
what else can I say? Just I just fell in love. They're beautiful. I talk to them when I'm at work. I know I'm not the only one who does that. And it was just a whole new world that I was immersed in. It was just, it was peaceful. Not low maintenance per se, but it was just, it wasn't high strung like other kind other jobs that you hold when you're young. And I just started, you know, increasing my own personal collection of houseplants. I have a good 10, 12 of them. I know it's pretty small compared to some people's collections, but I'm getting there. I live up in a cold climate. My plants are not happy with that right now. And then I also have more down where I'm from. And uh, yeah, so that's just a little short tidbit about it. Oh, I also did grow up going to this place in Madison, Wisconsin called Oberk Gardens. Oberk Gardens is just a botanical garden center. Um, it has 14 different gardens and one uh, conservatory with tropical plants. And I just have the most vivid memories from going there as a child. I first went there when I was five years old in kindergarten. And it was such an amazing place to just run around. It was kind of whimsical in a sense. Like I felt like it was in a fairy garden. Excuse me. It's getting some tea. But it was it was a very, very lovely place. And I have visited Oblick Gardens numerous times throughout my life. I just went there this past summer and it's always so nice to go there. It's nostalgic. It's beautiful, but you're introducing people, the general public of a city to things like biodiversity and uh, just different plant life, something that you don't get to see often in a city because, you know, those industrial vibes. But it was just a hidden gem within Madison, and I, it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. But yeah, like as I said, my journey with plants is new, but I still want to learn. I still want to explore, and hopefully this podcast, I can do that, and hopefully I can help teach other people. I know I'm not the most well-versed, but you know, I'm in school. I'm still learning. This past semester has been amazing in regards to increasing my knowledge about plants. So that being said... Let's jump into the topic. So, let's talk about ethnobotany. In my own words, I would say that ethnobotany is the study of plants and their uses through different cultural lenses other than your own. And primarily, ethnobotanists study traditional knowledge and customs regarding plants. And that would include like plants as food, plants as medicine, plants as material culture, anything that, you know, is a traditional use of plants. And I just finished a dynamic class in ethnobotany this semester. It was taught by Professor David Searing at the university that I attend. And how the class was kind of set up, or the topics that we covered, include plant as food, plant as medicine, plant as material culture, plants as gateway to another world, and conservation and ethnobotany. And these were kind of topics that we didn't, you know, stay too long in because we had another whole part of the class that I will mention later. But these 
these uh, five topics were really nice because I got to see the history surrounding ethnobotany and maybe the history of different uses of plants in a variety of cultures. My favorite kind of story was um, the history of nutmeg. It's a very fucked up story and it's really just demonstrates the the cruelty of colonialism and the manipulation of European cultures on indigenous cultures and maybe not just European cultures in general in the past but other cultures who um, really had plants as a part of their economy and included in it like the nutmeg was just a special import throughout the world because it was so unique back in the day and it's weird that it's my favorite story but it was just such an extensive history that it's all had so many twists and loops and it just shows how plants can really be um what's the word it just shows how plants can really be impactful and have a huge influence in our own lives and on our own ways of living and so breaking down how this class kind of went we started out class with curing our plant blindness and the first day of class was just so amazing because I was surrounded by a bunch of people who loved plants or just had an interest in the topic and they were just so willing and eager to learn and it was such a chill day because we took a quiz on you know kind of the morphology of plants and what we knew about plants in general which me not having a science class for like the past like a science class that includes like the cellular level of plants and like the chemical makeup and just like the anatomy of a plant I hadn't had a class like that probably since my early high school days so that was a that was a treat but we we started out with curing our plant blindness and introducing ourselves to the environment around us up in northern uh northern Minnesota which I just think it was an intriguing way to start out class and a very not an out-of-the-box way of starting class there's nothing weird or out out of the box of oh what no no it's out of the box it's out of the box it's creative and it's probably a great memory i have from this class so out well after we took this quiz on our plant blindness we got to go explore we got to go to this local park that was close to the university itself and just literally take like field books out and our journals and we got to just explore plants and we got to see a world that it's often ignored um by the dominant culture we have here in the united states and it was just a treat for the first day and it really started off the semester in this class on a positive note and we carried on keeping that same like investment in plants throughout the semester and we spent a lot of time um talking about indigenous cultures and how plants are so ingrained in their cultures and 
I learned a whole lot of that. I think probably my favorite thing when we were studying plants and indigenous cultures is to hear the cosmologies behind um, plants' involvement in a culture. Just the stories that have been around for years and years and years. And I really enjoyed that just because it made me... It was very nostalgic. It's kind of that, that feeling I got when I was walking through old brick gardens when I was younger. It's just a nice way to ex- explore the world of plants. But we focus a lot on traditional knowledge and indigenous knowledge of plants because it's something that is undervalued in the typical Western educational system. And this class really kind of opened my eyes up to that too. I had a class in the past semester that also did that, but we really dug deep in this class. And we uh, read this book called Plants Have So Much to Give Us, All We Have to Do is Ask. It is um, a book on the Anishinaabe botanical teachings um, by Mary uh, Genuiz. And in this book, she's going through her life stories and her journey with plants and what she has to offer to the world because this knowledge that she put in this book has been passed down for generations and generations. And that's the thing with indigenous knowledge that's so kind of kind of foolproof in a way is that it has been passed down for years and tested for years. And it's something that that is very different to the western methodology of learning about plants and it just her book really demonstrated about how her book really demonstrated how much plants are ingrained in indigenous culture because it's a part of their everyday lives and they're it's focused into religious practices it they're just there they're there and unlike our culture unless you make it this way we see plants um as expendable and we give plants and the earth around us a value of zero let's just say that it's it's at our disposal we see in our like popular culture even though the narrative is changing now with everything surrounding climate change and um all the new the new focus on it it's not really been new it's just been something that has been ignored in popular culture up until now what you know with uh you know visco girls and like it didn't not to mention visco girls we're not going to stray onto that but it has become something that's been so prevalent and when we study indigenous knowledge i think it lets us remember that there's people out there who depend heavily 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 on plants and as you know industrialized societies we're kind of ruining that we're actually not kind of we are ruining that and uh, not to bring it up on a negative note but I think just in short indigenous knowledge was so important to study and not just as an ethno not ethnobody not just as an anthropology student just as a human 
who was interested in plants and the earth in general. Ethnobotany was something great to study. And I just, so David sent us out this um, article through, I think it was the New York Times, about why we should value indigenous plants, not indigenous plants, indigenous knowledge. And I sent that straight to Facebook so all of my hometown could see it. <laughs> I want them to know to become educated and yeah just indigenous culture and indigenous knowledge on plants meant a lot to me and it was probably like the overall underlying like topic that we discussed and it really made its way into the movies and the resources that we explored um we watched this documentary called Teachings of the Tree People. And it was such an emotional ride, too, because you see indigenous knowledge, um, or you see, yeah, you see indigenous knowledge of plants playing out on this very personal level. And it's, it was kind of heartbreaking because indigenous knowledge is disappearing from the world and these movies that we watched really reinforced um why indigenous knowledge is important to keep and it specifically this documentary teachings of the tree people it really enforced how we're really connected to the earth more so than we think more so than popular culture wants us to believe. We are extremely tied to the earth. And plants, uh, what many other resources we've talked about, plants are alive, obviously, but they're alive, they talk to each other, they communicate with all other bodies, all the organisms around them, including animals. And that's just something that I had never thought of before. And so uh, movies like this, movies like Teachings of, Teachings of the Tree People, um, really reinforce that idea that plants are alive. They may not talk like we do. They may not, um, you know, live the way we do, obviously. But they inhabit this earth, and we need to remember that. And... That was just that movie and just just its teachings that it brought to me meant a lot and taught me so much. I, I feel like I'm being repetitive, but I just want to get that point straight. Is I learned so much. And partially how I got to demonstrate what I learned is that we kept a plant journal and it was required of us, but I think it was quite fun because I've always wanted to get more into journaling. And I wish I had dedicated a lot more time to um, spend, dedicating myself to my plant journal. I wish I spent more time on that. But it was something that I've been wanting to get into. And I got into just a little bit. And I loved it. I loved it, even though... I would spend hours just writing like, oh my God, what did I, what did I learn in this class? Obviously I learned a lot, but how can I phrase it into a way that's cohesive and understandable? And I apologize to my professor out there for having to read my shitty handwriting, but that's, that's me, myself and I, my handwriting is a part of my identity. <laughs> um, but another 
big thing apart from the plant journal that we spent our time in in this class is our plant documentary not our plant documentary our documentary on local food systems in northern minnesota and initially i was so scared to do this project it's because it was a big girl project um it's something that i didn't think i'd be doing until i was like a junior or senior and i'm a sophomore right now (laughs) but it was something that i hadn't really explored before but my experience with my group was amazing i had three other great members one who was on top of her planning one who gave amazing insight and another one who was very comedic but he also gave great insight um it was just it was an experience that i i loved and we got to go out and interview john and emily beaton at Fairhaven Farm. They are a local farm and they run a CSA and we got to explore local farmers that are not industrial farmers and just jump into that topic too. I think that's what was really important about this class too is that exploring local communities and seeing what you can do within local communities. It was it was amazing to see and just Something that I'm glad I got to do because I I have that experience now. I have it under my belt, but I also formed like new relationships. I have new things to explore and I have more people to meet. And that's, I couldn't ask for anything more. So let's take a second. And on that final note, we conclude our first episode of An Amateur and Her Plants. I just want to take this time to provide a subtle plug for ethnobotany. Ethnobotany is worthy of studying because it opens you up to places, people, cultures, traditions, and ways of living you've never even heard of before. If you're interested in plants and the world, study ethnobotany. I bet that if you chose just one plant to study, it could be sitting right next to you on your coffee table or out in your kitchen, in your garden, maybe at a local botanical center that you visit on the weekends. Whatever you choose, you'll not only discover the inner workings of that plant, but the cultural importance behind that plant as well. You may discover that that plant has been used to make medicine or tea or the pigment in that plant is used in art or as a dye. Whatever you choose, you'll discover multitudes. So give ethnobotany a chance. And on that note, I want to say thank you for listening to this first episode, and I hope to see you again. Leave any comments if there's certain things that you want to see or if you want to contribute to an episode. Thank you again. I love you all already. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.